the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome, everybody, to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The Boston Celtics, would you believe it, are above 500. We are a game ahead of the New York Knicks. All is right with the world. This week, we took a loss to the Sixers before beating the Knicks, Timberwolves, and Nuggets. We're, uh, we're on a little three-game win streak here. It feels good. It feels like the longest streak of the year, honestly. Uh, before we get into that, all that, first things first, we have our best and worst takeaways from the week. James, you, you can go first. Yeah, I feel my first has got to be, well, I'm going to start the worst, actually. And the worst has just, it's got to be that that Sixers game just with Embiid dropping 35 on us, just absolutely dominating, had no answers. It, I can't even say that it was totally because of Embiid that we lost. Like, I think there was other factors at play, but that's just not a good sign. If um, Embiid's dropping 35, if he's like the main big reason, if he's shooting 20 free throws, then we obviously cannot stop the guy. So we got to figure something out before the playoffs if we do end up facing them. But I got to say, there's a, I don't want to focus on negative because this win streak has been very, very encouraging. And you could say, oh, you, you barely won against the Knicks. You barely won against the T-Wolves. That Nuggets game was that statement game that we have not had this year. That, that big, like, I can't believe the run that we, we ended that game on. It's Those are the kind of, like, peaks that you see from like actual playoff teams. If we can do that to the Nuggets, I mean, the list goes on of teams that we can do that to. It's a very talented offensive team, kept them to 87 points. I don't know how many points they scored in the fourth quarter, probably like eight. And I think that's a very encouraging sign. Us winning close games against the Knicks and T-Wolves, winning close games against bad teams has been something that we've not been able to do. So overall, I'm pretty happy with how this week's gone. Absolutely. Um, my best thing for this week is just Tatum dropping 53, career high. Um, not many Celtics have had 50-point games. He's joining some elite company there. And my worst for this week is Evan Fournier because as soon as we get this nice thing, it just gets ripped away from us immediately. He goes on the, on the COVID list, and we really could have used him against the Sixers, which we can jump right into. Um, the Sixers game, you know, we have this new and improved roster that we're, we're trying to make a run with, and you thought maybe you know we can jump in here and we can, we can really do something. You know, Robert Williams versus Joel Embiid, everyone's been talking about it. And Embiid is just, he's unstoppable, unfortunately. He just, he, he, he cannot be stopped. We have to double him every single possession. He gets a foul whenever he wants to. And he had his way with us. And it didn't help that, you know, out of Kemba, Tatum, Jalen, Smart, only one of those guys broke 20 points. Tatum had 20. Everyone else has less than 20 of our four yeah. best players. Um, it's also really frustrating to me that Ben Simmons – goes out there for 36 minutes, gets 12 points and six assists. And he's just like, doesn't, doesn't put up crazy numbers, but he gets to have him beat on his team and gets to keep running through people. Yeah. I mean, so I'm going to, I'm going to get to Ben Simmons, but it's actually surprising that this was even a 10 point game just because of what you just mentioned. Like it in the past for us to have a close game in any capacity versus teams, this good, we've had to have either Tatum go off Brown, go off Kemba to not trip or like over his own feet. Marcus Smart maybe to have like a little 20-piece. None of that happened. And at the end of the day, 
I'm, I'm not going to go as far to call it a worst case scenario game, but I'm not entirely unconfident about a series with the Sixers. If this is going to be basically what you're going to get on our worst night in the playoffs, at least, especially when we're picking things up. I don't know. I, I Do I think that Robert Williams is going to foul out every night? No. Do I think that like Kemba um, isn't going to have one of his signature playoff Kemba games? I think he is going to. So I don't think this is a big indictment on like our chances against the Sixers. Now I will say, I completely agree with your Ben Simmons take because this guy, I don't get it. He, in my mind, a huge disappointment. He comes in as his number one overall pick. People are comparing him to LeBron, saying he can do it all. And then if you fast forward a few years later, he still can't shoot the ball, has no capacity to shoot the ball past five feet from the basket. You're paying, you, you, you spent a first overall pick on a Tony Allen that's more athletic. And everyone's like, oh, he's great on defense. That's all he can do is just, all he can do is, is, is dominate the transition and play defense. I don't get, I just don't get it. I just don't get like this whole entire, like, oh no, he's LeBron. Oh wait, actually he's not LeBron, but he's still not a disappointment. You can't say that because if you say that, then, then you, you just don't watch him play, man. No, he's a huge disappointment. And I'll, I will die on that. I know that has nothing to do with the outcome of the game, but I will die on this hill. He's a huge disappointment. When that playoff series, when they didn't have him, we, we, we ran right through the Sixers. Um, but I still can't even say that like he would have made the hugest difference. Like he doesn't have a jump shot and he's getting, you know, 12 points a game. They're getting wins and he does make some, you know, some flashy plays, has some nice dunks, but I just, I can't call him like a a dominant player. He's an all-star, but doesn't, doesn't really move the needle for me in any sense. Yeah. Um, I agree. So 10 point loss of the Sixers. It felt like kind of more of that for a lot of it. And it felt like a game that we just, we couldn't really, couldn't really get a win. Yeah. Um, no, we definitely couldn't pull away at any point. Uh, the Knicks, on the other hand, I feel like we had a little bit more fight. I feel like there were plenty of times in that game that things could have gone away from us, and we kind of pulled it together. Absolutely. Um, the Knicks game, I really thought that we might blow it. Like, we, the Knicks, we just we needed to beat the Knicks. The Knicks yeah. are a team that we have to beat no matter what. And to, to make it as close as it was, I mean – Barry hits a three with 54 seconds left and ties the game. And then Marcus Smart, of all people, that guy has been missing threes the entire season in the fourth quarter, and he was able to put a three in with 36 seconds left and give us the the, the stretch to win it there. Um, definitely was a little too close for comfort. I was watching the game with my roommate, who happens to be a Knicks fan, and we you're right. We just had to win that game. Not only for the, the personal uh, – it's kind of the ego blow that it would have been if we had lost this game. It's just the fact that, listen, this is a surprise team. No one thought the Knicks were going to be good. Like, we're so much better than this team. Like, it past all like, the optics of this year, past the standings, past this whole entire thing, just black and white, better roster, Who you know, who are you going to pick? It's it's actually inexcusable for us to even be into, you know, close games of this team. Like, they're, they are overperforming. They're, they're a great defensive team. But let's not like forget. This is what happened in that in that Heat series where people were like, "Oh, like you know, maybe the Heat, you know, maybe they are more talented than the Celtics." BS. We were the most talented team uh, out, out of at least those two teams in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And against a team like the Knicks, come on, what are we talking about? It, it's like when we win the game, there's like this like post win clarity of like you're happy you won and you're like, "Oh my gosh, we almost lost to the Knicks." And this is a team that we're so much more talented than. Why was that even a game? I'm glad to come out with the win. I think I think overall 
like it was a tough win to get, but I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna try to keep my perspective here and try to keep my goals higher than than this. Yeah, the Knicks we should have won by more than two points. I honestly am just very happy that we won the game. I think that Randall and Barrett were the only guys to get more than twenty. I guess Barrett like he is developing. Got a game. Want a top three pick to develop. Um, and Randall is a guy I really wish we could have grabbed in free agency because he's given them such great minutes this year, and he's like proven that he's all star worthy and he's a great piece to have on a team. Um, Tatum, you know, he shows up with 25 points. He also has eight turnovers. That was not helpful. Um, you know, Marcus Smart doing his thing, putting up numbers. Same with Jalen Brown. Romeo starts this game. 25 minutes, he gets six points. Couldn't believe it, honestly, when I when we, 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 we tipped the jump ball, and there, there's Romeo Langford. Um, yeah, that was something. That's I mean, that's a classic Brad move. Classic Brad move. But yeah, I mean, the, the other on the other hand, when you actually watch the game, like we played horribly, and yeah, those Tatum turnovers were like eight feels a little low. Like there are a lot of times that they were trapping him this game. Instant double teams trying to deny him the ball. I mean, he definitely had some bumps and bruises after this one, and there are plenty of times in which he got the ball, tried to drive in, got, gets engulfed by this Tom Thibodeau defense, and just tries to do the skip pass that gets intercepted every time. Like. They kind of found like they kind of busted out the cheat code for how to stop this guy. And on top of all of that, the, the team itself wasn't exactly firing on all cylinders. It, again, to me, just feels like our worst day versus their solid day. And that's why I feel the way I do about like a win like this. Happy to have it. But on the other hand, is it is it really like something that to you know to take home and uh brag about? I, I think that the same could be said about the Timberwolves win, but uh, it's, it's, it, I'm not, again, glad that we win out these close games. Cause that's something we haven't been able to do. Yeah, that was, it, again, I will say this enough times. If we blew the game to the Knicks, the season's over. There's, there's no, there's no way around it. Um, and even bigger with, you know, the Timberwolves, the next game is another, this is all, this is, this is like the Knicks are like having a decent year, but there's just the Knicks. The Timberwolves are actually garbage and we yeah. almost blew it. That was, woof. You know, we call this a three-game win streak. The win over the Nuggets, like, really was very convincing. But um, the Knicks and Timberwolves game is, like, a lot of anxiety came through those. Uh, so, uh, just going into that game, Tatum, 41 minutes, 53 points. He's the guy we need him to be. You love to see it. Um, Kemba, Smart, and Brown, they're all putting up, you know, 17, 24, 26. They're all uh, contributing. Our best four players put up over 120 points. That's, that's, that's what you need from your best four players. Um, Romeo, after getting a start and getting 25 minutes, he only gets five minutes this game. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was too close for comfort at the end. I mean, Romeo was just getting kind of exposed. And the thing is, like, we came out with the flattest defensive energy. The, the only reason why this game was really close is that the Timberwolves get off to this early, early lead. And they always seem to have an answer. For every time we, like, kind of inch our way back, they hit a big three, make a big play. We, we do some stupid foul for an N1 on their side. It was that's that kind of game. Um, and I think we do, like, we've always known that we kind of play down to our opponent. But us coming out that flat against the Timberwolves, like, it, it kind of shows not only, like, where we are as a team with no defensive identity, but where the whole NBA was with just the entire fatigue of where they are right now. We forget that. They've been playing, we've been playing a massive amount of games in a very short amount of time. 
Um, so that's why I'm going to give a little bit of a pass that you're facing the Timberwolves that you might not come out like raring to go. You might not be diving for loose balls. Maybe that's why Brad starts Romeo Langford in that game. Just so he knows that this guy has energy. This guy hasn't been playing. I don't know what, what the exact motives are there, but I know that we built a pretty sizable lead. We blow it in our defense. D'Angelo Russell always torches us. us. And, and, and this was no, this is no, this is no exemption. I mean, like, dude, that fourth quarter by D'Angelo Russell, that, that was something. D'Lo. So yeah, let's just the last 11, the last two fifty one of this game, we're up by 11. It's one twenty two to one eleven, And D'Lo scores 11 points in those final 251. He, I think he hits three threes and also gets a layup somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, Tatum hitting a, getting a dunk in that stretch is the only thing that gives us the hump to get into overtime. And luckily we were able to handle them in overtime. But I remember when we were talking about, you know, do we want Kemba or do we, what do we want um, D'Lo? It was like, I, I always was kind of leaning toward D'Lo just because whenever the Nets played us, he would light us up. Like he, he was from, he was like Chris Middleton from mid range against us. Like just like an unstoppable force. And I came to finally say like, you know what? Kemba just had the best year of his career. Like Kemba's probably the guy that can just be more efficient and fit into our team. I still think that D'Lo is so ball dominant. It does not sound like that you're off the D'Lo bandwagon. Well, D'Lo is very ball dominant. Like he, and he also like has not proven that he's a winner in this league. And neither is Kemba, but so whatever, but uh, yeah, D'Lo is someone that uh, I always had my eye on and he always gives us a lot of trouble. And now you think, you know, D'Lo or Kemba, it's not much of a difficult choice, is it? Well, he has his ability to kind of be a nobody for three and a half quarters of basketball and this, and come alive at any point. I mean, he, he's that much of a, he, he's a guy who scores in bunches, you know, no way around it. Obviously his defense, like, you know, is the reason why teams are reluctant to call him even close to a franchise guy. They don't want to give him the big money. That's why he ends with the team with like, like the Timberwolves. But um, I mean, it's he's exactly the guy that could, that beats us, if that makes any sense. Uh, the, the, and this team is full of them. Uh, it, it, the, the weird thing is, is that the Timberwolves aren't, they weren't supposed to be this just dog crap team. They weren't. You, you look at, we, we came into this year, we thought that Anthony Edwards could be something, which he is. He's not a bust. We thought that Cat, D'Lo, um, that some of these guys would put together some sort of a season. You know, this was a play-in tournament kind of team uh, in, in the beginning of the year. Uh, obviously, that has gone to absolute shit. But uh, again, their best night versus our worst night. I think that when we start building like a weird sense of confidence, like, yeah, that game almost got away from us, but we, but we edged it out. I think that leads up to a game like the Nuggets where, you know, you can lock in. You know that when you when you lock in that you can be locked down on defense. I think that in a weird way, I think the last two games kind of led into the Nuggets one just in a confidence standpoint. I think so, too. Uh, a two game win streak coming into the Nuggets was big. And the Nuggets, you know, with Jokic, we, we always just struggle against yeah. teams with great centers. And Jokic isn't in B, but he's much more of a, a distributor. And they have a lot of talented guys in that team. They just got Aaron Gordon. They've got, um, you know, a, a talented group of starters. I think they're, can, they're prepared to make a title run or a deep playoff run with the team they built for them. But we just, I don't know what happened at the end of that game. Like we, I think it was like a 31 to five run or something like that. Like unprecedented from us to, to be that stifling on defense and that explosive on offense. Yeah. 
let me ask you something, Dylan. Were you a kid who studied in, in high school? Um, when I had to. Not so that's like, the same here. And yeah. there was always that big test that like you actually study for hours for, and then you would get a kick-ass grade and beat some of the smart kids in the class. Like this, this kind of felt like, because here's the thing. We are a athletic team. We are a young team. We're a long team. Like this felt to me like the big test for the Celtics that they finally studied for. Like they surprised themselves that when we actually exert ourselves to the full capacity, we can actually be not just a good defensive team, not like a team like the Knicks that plays good team defense, has a good scheme, and that's why they're able to overperform. No, individually, player by player, be a dominant defensive team. And when it comes to wings, what, what happened with Jokic, I think, is an aberration. I, I think us keeping Jokic to 17 points, um, 6 of 15 shooting, is not something that would happen twice in a seven-game series. But us, our ability to keep Porter Jr. to a manageable number, us to lock down every member of their bench – um, guys like Aaron Gordon, Will Barton aren't making game-changing plays. This is something that we're completely capable of when, when we turn it up. And again, if you're thinking of things in a playoff standpoint, that's what it's going to be every night is there are teams 110% versus your 110%. Our 110% looks fucking awesome this game. Absolutely. Uh, 110% was about 100% more than we've been showing all year. Um, <laughs> and, you know... Uh, Michael Porter Jr. got 22 points. I, I still enjoy watching him play. Mike Malone used to never give him or IT any minutes, and I was always so angry at him for that. But now he's showing, like, you know, you got to play this man. Everyone else had less than 20. We yep. the, On the Nuggets, like, we kept all of their stars to less than 20. Aaron Gordon, 31 minutes, seven Six, points. Yeah, complete so, pedestrian so, game. You know, we'll, we'll take Fournier giving us – Fifteen and twenty-five, <laughs> seven, thirty-one. Jeez, you're, you're supposed to be a starter, bro. No jokes aside, Fournier is the guy that we got. You know, twenty cents on the dollar, and we haven't even seen. Think about that defensive effort last night, plus another dynamic bench scorer. Like this could have gone ugly. This, and if it wasn't already ugly enough, this could have gone ugly, ugly. And that's the thing. Like when when we're when we're in this weird season, when you're kind of taking things week by week with how the team is, you, you look at the absence of a guy like Fournier. You look at the fact that this team, there's like four guys in this team that have been playing with us for like two weeks. Like we have to take this thing week by week. And if we can continue this momentum going forward to teams like the Trailblazers and stop that kind of dynamic offensive team, I'm not worried about us, about us scoring. Like I, I know that in the playoffs that Tatum is good for two 30-point games per seven game series we know that Jalen Brown's in there like it's really about the defensive effort it's really about like how can we band together um and mesh in a defensive standpoint and if we can beat the Nuggets and the Trailblazers and keep them both underneath 100 points that's as as good uh, as you're gonna get that's as much of acing a test as you're gonna see Blazers are going to be exciting. Just like the Nuggets, they they have like a, a really stacked just like starting lineup. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's kind of the position we're in. And in a couple of these games, we did not go deep into the bench at all. It was like, here's our best five players. I like it. Here's Kemba Smart, Tatum Brown, Rob. And then everyone else gets like 10, 15 minutes. That's what it's needed to be all year. We had to yeah. figure out what the right combination of people was. We also had a lot of injuries, but like for a while, we had to just keep trying, okay, is it Naismith? Is it Grant? Is it who's going to be the end? Now we've kind of narrowed it down to like, you know, Pritchard gets his minutes. Tristan Thompson needs to get some minutes to give Rob a break. And then you can slide in either Grant or Semi, depending on matchups. 
Romeo is getting more minutes now. It makes more sense. His team, this is something that Bill Simmons said on his podcast the other week talking about the Suns. He was like, the Suns have an identity. With Chris Paul there, they have such an identity of like this upstart team. The Celtics, he said, have no identity, which I think is a problem. But if we can be this, this powerhouse, these, these, this team, if we can make ourselves feel like an all-star team and play great team defense, then it's going to translate to a lot of success. So hopefully, hopefully that happens. Hopefully. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, and I listened to that, uh, that Bill Simmons point. And I, I really do think that it, it, it is right on. Like, it's not talent. It's not like any given night potential that has stopped us. It has been just a complete lack of identity. We don't know who, we don't know when, we don't know where. That's the problem. Um, now, I think, I think, how do you build an identity? Well, you string some games together. And the good news is, is that though the season does feel like it's already wrapping up, like we do have about a little less than 20 games to figure that identity out. And we have some pretty good teams to face to, to, to measure ourselves up. Um, the, the Portland, the Portland game is interesting just because of their newly acquired Norman Powell and how we, how we kind of, uh, again, how, how we respond to a dominant game. Cause we see from like th- this year, it's like, we, we do have good games. We have been teams like the bucks, but we haven't been able to follow it up. And I think that goes a long way in kind of establishing who you are. Definitely. Absolutely. We need to follow this up. Um, with the games this week. The Blazers is going to be a great challenge on Tuesday. Um, I'm, we're in Portland, I'm, I'm pretty certain. It's a 10 o'clock yep. game. So going to see those 2,000 fans try and give us hell, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I just also, like, it is a Celtics podcast, but I, I love the Blazers, so I'm excited either way. No, um, watching Dame, especially against a guy like Kemba, so you know Dame's going to light it up. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, the Lakers, like, would have been a really cool game. We, 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 I really hope we win. It would suck to lose to the Lakers without AD and LeBron. That's what a lot of these games feel like. It's just like, instead of like, this game's going to be awesome, you're like, man, it would suck to lose to this team. Um, I'll tell you what, Dennis Schroeder, man. Celtics killer. It's true. That's true. Uh, then we got the Warriors. Um, the Warriors, obviously, you know, they're having the year they're having. This is like a pretty, pretty middle-of-the-road team, so it could go either way. The Bulls. I thought after the trade deadline, the Bulls were going to make a run. They beat the Nets on April 4th, but they just lost to the Timberwolves yesterday. So they're still a couple games below 500. I'm not sure if this, this run they're supposed to go on is actually going to happen. Hopefully we can keep them down because they're, they're trying to climb up to the eight seed. Um, wouldn't want to see Daniel Tice in a playing game. That's all I know. Revenge Tice game. Revenge Tice game. No, it's actually crazy to me. I didn't think about this until just now, but like, if we suck and we go down to the 10 seed or the yeah, the 10 seed, we can still make the playoffs. That makes that's unacceptable. They got these playing games are not the thing. Maybe the eight, nine, but we could be a, a playoff team as a 10 seed. So could whoever gets that's that's crazy. I disagree, man. I think it adds so much value to the end of the season. A time where like it used to be like the dog days where you know you'd have just like complete starting lineup sitting and stuff like that. Now you can't lose. And here's the thing. We're feeling ourselves because it's a good week. The Sox are winning. The Celtics are winning. We're feeling good. But I'll tell you what. Things go south faster than we know it. And in South, in, in, in this year, in this year's playoffs, the South means that you got to win two games to get into the playoffs. And think about us. Think about us trying to win two games. Like, us two games on the line. Like, I, I feel, I just feel like I don't want to be there. 
I, I don't I don't want to be like trying to edge out two games against the Knicks to get into the playoffs. I'd rather have us shoot up to that sixth seed where we can just avoid this whole entire thing altogether. But yeah, I mean, a team like the Bulls, a team like the Knicks, these lower end Eastern Conference teams will certainly be a headache just because of this new format. I, I agree, definitely. Um, the Knicks, I think, are going to stick around for a while. So I hope that we can climb up to like the sixth seed. And that needs to happen just to just to avoid the stress of that. Yeah. Um, now, before we before we tail off, though, I just want to ask you a question, yes. because when you actually look at like the standings, when you actually look at you know how how this season just just might like pan out, and how we're playing right now, like we we talk about like us hopefully trying to get the six seed, which by the way belongs to Charlotte Hornets, who are severely undermanned, who I am very confident that we'll catch up to. Outside of the Nets, I don't think anybody wants to play us. And we very much are the Mavericks of the East where we may, we might be the seventh seed, but you don't want to be the two seed. Like, or like if you, you may not be the seventh seed, but even if we get to six and three, like you just don't want to face us in the first rounds. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like that's just how like the, the heat were last year. Who do you think? Like, like if, if you're the G or you're, you know, you're, you're the coach of any of these Eastern conference teams, like who I'd said the nets like really wants to face the Celtics in the first round. I don't think anyone would prefer that. Like maybe like the Sixers, they want to finally be the ones to beat us. But I think that every single team in the playoffs is would rather play the Bulls, the Knicks, the whoever's down there than the Celtics, because they know that I think that everyone knows the Celtics team, like on a given night, will give you their best. Like on a given night, the Celtics team with Tatum Brown, if they just, have a good night. Like we're going to go off. Like it's unfortunate that it just comes down to two ISO players, but we have those ISO players. So you, you you don't want to face a team with two all-stars and, you know, defensive player of the year candidates alongside them. If you can call smart defensive player of the year candidate this year, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, He's in our hearts, but yeah, I mean, you just look, you know, your team, like the Sixers, like you either can, you know, you have your choice of the bucks uh, obviously the Nets and even teams like Miami, it's just like, who are you going to put over us? That's why I think it's so interesting. That's why I love the playing game format. Uh, and I, I'm really looking for teams like the Hawks and the, and the Hornets to start dropping off and for us to sneak in there. So hopefully that's how this next week goes. Hopefully, hopefully this is, this, these are four winnable games here. And, yep. you know, maybe, maybe it turns out like last week where like the Sixers game is tough and Blazers game is going to be tough, but then we've got, three winnable games that so hopefully we can we can continue the winning we just we need to stop like every time we do a show it feels like we go two and two or we go one and three we need to go three and one more often and we're going to pick up some wins we need to go at least three and one this week that's that's my call yeah i mean guess how many games back we are the four seed how many one there one you go game. there you go just get a couple wins that's all we need that's all we need baby it's all we need Hell yeah. That is going to do it for this week on Double Take Celtics. You can subscribe on at iTunes at Celtics Double Take or go find Double Take on YouTube. For extra credit, follow at the Double Take Show on Instagram. James, you got any last words? Go socks. We've been hearing dirty water a lot. Oh, baby, we're back. We're top of the AL East. That's how this team is supposed to roll. Hell yeah. There's got to be at least one winning team in Boston. So if we have two, God bless. All right. Oh, yeah. Peace out. We will see you next week. Take care.